Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 21, recorded April 28th, 2019. <laughs> uh, we are covering Awoken of the Reef, part four. I am Elmist. This is Hyven. This is Mrs. Hyven. <laughs> uh, sorry, folks. Uh, for those who, who are listening to this, Mrs. Ivan is is totally messing me up. Like at this point, I'm I'm gonna have to start covering <laughs> my screen. They told um, me to sit up so the camera would register my face. So now I'm na- making a bunch of faces at them, but it's registering. She likes to record as if she's taking a nap or some kind of foolishness. Not not like I'm taking a nap. That's a bit of an exaggeration. You were so you were so far leaned back that the camera didn't this even know you were a person. This is a comfortable chair, and I was leaning back, playing some solitaire, because I know it takes us like actually like five times. Oh, wait, we are doing this with alcohol. Why did nobody tell me? I'm gonna go get my wine. What? All right. Well, while you're going to go get that, I'm gonna <laughs> we're continue. We're gonna start. <laughs> um. So for podcast news, the usual. We like feedback. Um, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can find us on, you know, Apple podcast or Google podcast, Google play. Um, and you can email us totally at guardians that. underscore lore yeah, at outlook.com. What? Isn't it? Yeah. Good? Well, like they changed it just recently. What's changed? It's it, called, I think it's not Google play anymore. Well, now they've got a, a app called Google Podcast. Ooh, Ooh they gave it its own one. Yeah. So, like, I don't have to go into Google Play Music in order to actually listen to the podcast. Ooh, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sponsoring us by Google Pod... Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Beer and Wine tonight. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Off my table. I just set it down while I was sitting down, okay? For those of you who don't remember, Hyven is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm going to turn this way with it. I'm going to turn this way. No, no, no. Go go back into the kitchen and please put it in a cup with a lid. (laughs) Get your straw cup. Look, so it's actually, like, not even enough to, like, pour into a glass, but I felt like like an alky drinking out of the bottle. (laughs) I can't drink this from a straw. I just, I just look. It guys, surpasses a... all of the good taste buds. All right, fine. I built a brand new computer and I have a new keyboard, mouse setup on this teeny little desk. Okay. And then I had to go away out of town for work, so she's recording on my setup. Because he had and to there's... take mine, because mine's yes. more portable. There is absolutely no space for snacks on that table, so. There's space for a Dove chocolate bar. Not on the table. Oh, you, that you can at least eat in your lap. If you get a little bit of chocolate on the chair, I can at least hit that with a Clorox wipe. But you guys see what I live with. If you get chocolate in my brand new right. keyboard, I'm screwed. There is no cleaning it out. This is what I live with, you guys. Anyways, nice to hear that Google Play has created Google Podcasts. Thank you. All right. Moving Always on, on topic. Moving on. Stuff like you may have missed in Destiny. Uh, Invitations of the Nine, week seven, is currently broken because there there are no Vex on the Tingled Shore. Wait, what? You can't do it. 
it is that not feels like an oversight on someone's part well so like the issue was the issue is the way they designed the invitations of the nine is that you have to go to certain locations and defeat enemies only on that location okay i mean yeah that's like similar to other kinds of bounties well there was a bug that they had just fixed um it's pretty much saying that if you went to other locations and killed the enemies there it would count so like if i had an invitation of the nine that said go to earth and kill taken i could head to io and kill taken and it would count but there's no vex anywhere no there's vex there's just they fixed that bug so that you had and then yep, when they, fixing they that bug fixed, they broke everything they, they fixed uh, the destination bug and because of that you can only go where it says, yeah. and now there's none of them there. Yeah. Well, it's right. not necessarily that they even broke it. It was just whoever created that bounty forgot that uh, not every race is on every planet kind of thing, you know? It, it should have been, like, a small spreadsheet, honestly. Yeah, it's not... It isn't too difficult. Like, I try not to bash on Bungie, it, but yeah, this feels like a very slight coding it's error. It's because I think they patched some stuff, and then they, you know, they got a bunch of got busy doing other things and they forgot that you know well, and then, sad news i'm like three at least three weeks behind on if not four now so so by the whatever. time you get to this one you're gonna be fine yeah but i am sad because now it's like i don't know i feel like something we're gonna get something good when it's all done maybe not i hope not there is triumph for completing all nine that's not too big of a deal, and I. But I see. As far as the the lore is concerned, I just watch the videos on YouTube. It's, it's mostly a just big if deal we get to Elemis. Well, it's a completion yeah. junkie. But I'm saying I will get it. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> it's like if that, they like, give us a weapon or something, or like some armor or some kind of thing when it's all done, that I'd be like, what? Well, like I, I kind of feel like they should have thrown in a lot of the trials weapons and armor for this. That'd be cool. I heard some people talking about that. Yeah, it, it would have been so much better and it would have given people reasons to do it on all three characters and anyway anyway moving on um revelry week two um the the crucible is currently broken because of it i haven't else is broken not broken in the sense of bugs that need to be fixed broken in the sense that Broken in the sense that people are abusing things. I'm oh. kind of glad I'm out of town for like two weeks for work because I play mostly Crucible and I probably wouldn't be playing. You can, with the right spec loadout, you can pop your grenade. You can throw grenades and or pop like your, your barricade or shade step or any of that kind of stuff repeatedly, like every second. I've seen videos where people throw grenades every second because... The Revelry has these special tonics that boost regeneration time, and they work everywhere, and you can use them in all Crucible, including competitive. So people are just running around throwing unlimited grenades, and it's, you can imagine, could get frustrating. I actually haven't even done any of the Revelry. It was only out for a couple days before I left, and I was playing on my PC. But when I come back, i got to get that uh, Arbalest. Yeah. I like no, play. that uh, the only thing we can see in Hyven's background, well, now we can see your sexy neck brace, but before, <laughs> it 
Doja Cage six shirt. It's like all this pile of clothes. It's not all that piles. I almost put it on today, but I'm saving it for my return trip in the airport. That's my favorite shirt. You want everyone to see it? No, it's just very comfortable also, man. All the bungee shirts. I brought two of the three I own of my, well, two two out of the three Triumph shirts that I have. Yeah. He always says they're like the most comfortable for gaming. It's like Bungie knows what they're doing. They're soft and comfy, man. Yeah. They yeah, are. I turned on two lamps. There's the, I turn on every lamp in this hotel room. I have had one lamp on this whole time <laughs> I've been here. So. And that's sad because it still looks really dark in there. Yeah. But I guess yeah. Alamos and I are rocking the natural light. Ivan's never been a natural light person. Well, here's one of my lamps. It's right in front of my face. It's very so, odd. so you're saying Hyven is unnatural? Well, obviously, mm-hmm. I think we all knew that. Yep. <laughs> I hate people. I mean, for and starters, life. for starters, he's a mild ginger. There's nothing more unnatural than that. Whatever you know, you like beard. <laughs> I do. It's the reddest thing that comes in. Yeah, I love his scruffleupagus. Anyway, <laughs> I've been gone for too long. To all the gingers out there, I mean, no offense, I married one. I'm not actually. Oh, well, redheads are hot. Anyway, um, <laughs> you. maybe I won't wear pants for the that. podcast for you, Elemist. I wasn't oh expecting it. Oh, my goodness. And it just anyway. took me off guard. That was such good timing. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to get into this. Crucible, speaking of crucible, hey. this week was Iron Banner. I'm and it, it's been a miserable experience. Oh, good. I'm not missing anything. Right. I'm still under leveled too, so I would have gotten destroyed. Well, and like I just finished the Iron Burden stuff. I'm only hey. going for the weapon. I'm not going nice. for the 2,500 kills Uh-oh. because it is bull. I mean, oh, that cool emblem that they released. Because you're burdening yourself, which is lowering your power level by a hundred, and then you're getting killed by like three skip grenades being thrown. Yeah, you at. could be like one shot by a grenade, and people are throwing them repeatedly. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, I, I'm stopping at 500. I'm like, nope, that's it. I'm done. I'll continue playing Iron Banner, but, like, I'm I'm not doing the burden for 2,500 kills. Okay. Uh, and the last thing we wanted to, to cover, um, there actually was an announcement in the TWAB that they're going to be re-ad- or adjusting Luna's Howl and Not Forgotten. The pinnacle weapons from... Uh, wasn't it season four? Yeah. When Forsaken came out. Um, essentially, they're being changed from 180 rounds per minute to 150, and they're doing slight tweaks to Magnificent Howl, uh, which is the perk. It only parks on body shot damage. Um, well, like, and a lot of people are calling it a nerf, but <clears throat> we haven't seen exactly how it's going to work. Yeah. So I, I've heard a lot of people complaining, and I have thoughts on this. I think this is going to be a fantastic change. Um, I'm curious to see, though, what actually happens. I can't really talk, you know, exactly. I don't like 180s. I like 150s, but that's because I don't like the uber-stable, like, sidearm feel of 180s. I like a classic hand cannon. Like, I'm from the D1 IS Luna days where you bring that weapon down from recoil. I prefer 140s and 110s, but 150 is good, too. So I was kind of hoping that they would change the whole archetype. But it sounds 
like it's going to keep a lot of its same traits, that same stability, that they might just be slowing it down. So I'm not as happy. But for the general population, all they're doing is making it slightly slower. So I heard a lot of people complaining that they're like nerfing into the ground or it won't be any good anymore because they nerfed Magnificent Howe and now it doesn't give it a precision. Guys, one, 150s are still three headshot kills. Yeah. All, and Magnificent, so what it's going to be is just a really forgiving hand cannon. It's like a faster firing ace of spades. Two headshots and a body. Three headshots, that's a kill. I think like at 10 resilience they might survive three headshots. But people were uh, you know, mentioning that because of Magnificent Howe being nerfed. They're not, uh, you know, that like skilled players are going for headshots and they should be rewarded for precision. The only reason they nerfed Magnificent Howe was so you couldn't two-tap anymore. You used to be able to... Um, you used to be able to kill somebody with and and have the perk and then carry on to the next enemy and two tap them in the head. So they're basically just trying to get rid of that. Honestly, and then essentially I, you would just carry that to the next enemy and then onward and yeah. onward. I've heard some people say it's not going to be it's going to be not really useful anymore. Um, I think I was watching Cami Cakes. He he thought he I don't know if he didn't exactly like the nerf. I don't know about PC because I just am getting into PC. Uh, I do see that it probably not be as good in PC because Ace of Spades is so great. But it's still fa- it still kills faster than Ace of Spades, just has less range. But as far as console is concerned, I honestly think that uh, all hand cannons feel about the same. They're all pretty good. And I don't think that slowing down these weapons are going to, to really kill it. I think it's going to... because. Let's be honest. The same people who I hear complain about uh, not forgotten Lunas and like Lunas Dusk Rock all the time are the same people who use Lunas and are complaining about being nerfed. So when you complain about being killed by Lunas, how are not forgotten in the Crucible every game? Bungie's got to do something about it, and I think they did the best thing possible. They still made it very forgiving, still rewarding for for if you missed that headshot, but it's just a little slower. They just made it match just a little bit. The way I see it, all it means from a meta standpoint is people are going to migrate from Lunas and not forgotten to something else. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to find that next weapon and then it's going to be, Oh, everybody's getting killed by dust rock and that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not going to say that I know that it's going to be just perfect. I mean, I don't, but I've heard a lot of people getting kind of like up in arms. Let's just wait. And see what happens. Regardless, it is way too prevalent right now. There's a lot of people who say that it's a grind. Only people who are, you know, good have it. But I'll be honest, I I see multiple people in every Crucible lobby with them. More and more people have Lunas. Um, everyone's kind of caught up at this point. Almost, the, I, I don't know what the actual population. I wouldn't say that like half, but it feels like at least half the lobbies that I have, people have them. So... Anytime, I think any weapon that is used by the majority of players could probably be brought in line a little bit. So I'm excited to see yeah. how it feels. I'm excited for weapon diversity. That, that's about Me it. Um, all right, so moving on. Brief, brief intro to the topic. Uh, the Awoken of the Reef lore book was a continuation of the Marasena. But this week's entries are more of like short stories about Awoken. So it's not 
directly related to Marasena and and Mara's story. Um, it was covered in four episodes because it was twenty three entries, and this is the fourth episode. But we are going to be doing another episode after this. So, like next week, we will be doing two extra lore entries that got added in uh, during Arc Week. Because curse you, Bungie. Uh, and we'll be throwing in uh, some additional lore tabs and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How you doing there, Mrs. Hyven? You've just been so quiet. I just see you running to the kitchen for more snacks. <laughs> I went in to get water in my cup with a lid, might I add. And then I just went so pee. <laughs> that wine went right through me. <laughs> I just realized she's been silent and I just see her moving around. Now, when you guys always start talking weapons, I get quiet because I... You don't have Lunas? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Ivan, it sounds like you need to play on her, her account. It's not worth it for him. No, because that would be horrible because then if she ever did decide to play, play around with Crucible, whatever I do have, she'd get killed because it would put her in a higher lobby. She can't. I can't play with her in Crucible. But... <laughs> She can play solo, and she has an okay experience. Yeah. Because there still is... Well, I don't know what the matchmaking is like now, but for a while, skill-based matchmaking was at least somewhat of a thing, so... Pretty much. But yeah, so... I'm good. Yeah, you you remember, Elamist. You played doubles with her. Remember the people you were matched <laughs> against? Right. And you're not oh, even, like, an avid Crucible player that much, so you had some enjoyment there. Oh, I did. <laughs> My back was hurting pretty hard. <laughs> Oh my! I mean, it was, by it the end fun. of it, I got like a kill or two, maybe. Oh, you know. it was fun. We it did good. Fun. We did good. You know, he took he took the ground level. I took the tactical advantage of up a pie. Yes, trying not to walk into walls. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I when finally, you I will with say that I... in real life, it's not like it's going to get any better in a video game. <laughs> I will say, I finally understand her pain. I have. Not switched over, but I now have mouse. I now play on PC too. Goodness gracious, man! I, yeah, I, I'm still learning. I've been trying to learn to uh, move around while I play. And currently, the only games that I uh, really had to practice on were like Apex Legends because it was free. Because I spent all my money of building the PC. So yeah, learning to play a mouse and keyboard in a battle royale fast-paced shooter, not too friendly. So I, I hope to. To get destiny and um, to to finally learn when I come back because it it's hard to to move around and press a lot of buttons at all all at once. So yeah, I felt her pain. I know what it's like to try to move while shooting things now. Yeah, it's hard. Okay, some of us <laughs> some of us got like no love growing up from our siblings and or cousins, and we were just told that we weren't allowed to play with them. We never learned how to properly maneuver things. <laughs> now I have a husband who so kindly tries to help me. And fabulous people like Elemist and Sean and Star who all not only put up with me, but like I feel like sometimes they're excited to help me. You know, and that kindness is what makes it enjoyable for me to attempt and fail at playing Destiny. That's right. It's, it's at least amusing, and everyone has fun. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I'm always Star, excited. 
And the cool thing is, no, so growing up, like I said, it was my brother and my cousin who didn't let me play. Um, Stars actually, uh, he's one of Hyman's clanmates, and he's also my cousin. So it's kind of like come full circle. Like, I have a husband and a cousin who let me play now. So <laughs> Little me is so excited. <laughs> All right. Who Should wants to just... get played? Yeah, yeah. You, you, I was like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> it's, the next, it's the first card. I, I didn't just... Yeah, I'm ready to go if you guys are. Let's go. Do it. We are on Lord Book, Flayed. Spider's Lair, Petra in her element. Light-footed, light of thought. She keeps herself open to the place. Heat of packed bodies and machinery. Bite of ether in the air. Money and the promise of money and the things money can make people do. Knives, pistols, danger like static charge. He's no good for you, she says, and he's no good for me. If you turn him over, I'll be happy. You like me happy, don't you, spider? The spider grumbles. Very well. You will take him alive? He must have stores of ether, and no matter what Varric says, that ether is mine. He's agreed. She has what she came for which is proof that the spider actually wants this capture to succeed. As regent, she can never tell when she succeeds. She's constantly reacting, making decisions that will only be clearly assessed by historians. Here, she is the wrath again. She feels brave. We'll deal with the ether once we have him. Thank you for your information. Petra slides the hood over her head and dismisses herself back into the crowd. Two dregs barter salvage with tokens like fingernail-sized knives. Slated light falls through thick clouds of adulterated ether to cut hard lines across the torn, bannerless fringes some of the fallen wear. A cabal deserter hunched against the wall in a baggy pressure sack sells the location of Red Legion arms caches for lodges of raw glimmer. Petra pauses for a moment on the threshold, looks back longingly, at the chaos within, wishes that anything would happen to make her stay. She goes out into the shadows of the surface. Soon, as clear as the visions that sometimes come to her, she knows there's something moving quick and stealthily up ahead. She keeps her pace steady, checks her knife and pistol. So few of us remain, Petrovinge. The voice betrays a bearing and she catches just a glimpse of structure against the background noise. The hood of a cloak. The arch of lips. Who's there? She challenges. It's a man. His movements are erratic, shrouded, and a rhythmic noise that mimics the chaos of nature. He knows how to seem like an accidental thing. A tumbled heap. A brush of wind. Petra, if only we could go back to those days before... Aldrin? She gasps. He is here. He has come to take the regency and execute his sister's will. She'll be free again to act. Act without cruel deliberation and agonizing uncertainty. Free to meet every challenge instead of making them for herself. No, this must be an illusion. It's too much of everything she wants. She searches with senses beyond sight for something capable of casting this into her mind. A scion flare? 
a hive wizard? She trusted you with all of this, all of us, and you gave it to the mercy of the light. She feels the intent to murder, and she knows it is meant for her. She draws and acquires the target faster than a sound can cross from mind to tongue, but her sight picture captures only darkness. Two slow heartbeats. When no shot or knife comes, she begins to withdraw. Nothing follows her to her ship. So, we see Petra hates her position. Um, I like how she kind of points out that now, as a leader, she has to be methodical in what she does, and she really has to, like, um, think, basically, before she acts. Um, Because... You know, when she was a wrath, she could just do what she felt was right. Uh, And she even makes mention as to... Basically, people are going to have judgments on what she does, but it's only going to be really up to the historians to decide, like, how she fares in all of this. Which seems like a lot of pressure. Yeah, she's basically in the black market. There's, like, all people selling all kinds of kind of stuff. And she's like, I feel comfortable here. I want to stay here. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to point out is it seems like a lot of her actions are reactionary at this point. Like, she's not trying to lead the people by looking ahead. She's just reacting to everything that's happening now. Well, that's kind of why she says she... um, That's when she wants to be the wrath again. She's always reacting uh, yeah. But when she's, but that that's kind of like rewarded behavior for her old position, you know, fast reactions, what kept her alive, and you know, good decisions and things like that. You know, especially as a bodyguard, you have to have fast reactions. So, I think that the reactions she's making now are definitely like different. She's yeah, now definitely. reacting for everyone, a whole group of people, and so she's looking to Spider to find Aldrin. But we see this is, I would imagine. Actually, I don't know. I'm not sure who she's actually looking for. But it sounds like at this point, she doesn't know that Aldrin is... (laughs) She does want Aldrin. Now that I'm thinking, well, because later on in the card, she thinks it's Aldrin, and she's excited because she wants him back, because he'd become the regent, and she'd get her old position back. So clearly she does not know that he's insane. Um, But at the beginning of the card, she talks about... Someone from Spider. Oh, so, I think she wants Varix back, maybe. So I I wonder if this is actually happening before the prison break. Because if it's happening before the prison break, Aldrin hasn't truly gone mad. Um, and Varix is still at the prison of elders. My only if thinking was that... If it's happening s- afterward... Then she could be looking for Varix. Especially Um, because they're talking about all the ether that is going to be regained. And that this individual is no good for either of them. Which would make sense because Varix is trying to unite the people under probably himself. I'm sorry, the people. The the fallen. Under his rulership, which Spider obviously is not going to like. And, of course, yeah... Yeah, but I do know what you're saying. But then at that point, she would know that Aldrin was a raving lunatic. Right. So I'm actually not 100% sure. 
Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think this definitely would take place earlier. Um, and and like I said, I mean, if it takes place before the prison break, then she could be looking for Aldrin, um, so that yeah. he could take up the throne, and she wouldn't have to act as regent. Yep, yep. How soon after the prison break is Petra made aware that it was Aldrin's doing? So it wasn't Aldrin's feel like... doing. Varix is the one who let all the prisoners out. But I thought so I... Aldrin was did kind of like a Mara. Oh, he was a prisoner. Yeah, he was a prisoner. Varix was a little <laughs> tricked, a, a little confused. Oh, there's a whole book that we need to read that would that explains <laughs> that we haven't done yet. Yep. Most loyal. That'll be on our probably our poll for one of our next books to do. But that explains all that. But yeah, I'm just looking at this line that very well. You take him alive, he must have stores of ether, and no matter what Varric says, that ether is mine. So whoever they want has a lot of ether. And that's why I thought Varric's, but I'm thinking it's not. I think it's one of the prisoners just who has left and has a crap load of ether. For all we know, this is um you know, we know that uh, Cade and his six are throwing people into the prison of elders. This is probably just a prisoner who stole a lot of ether. It could be like Fickrell before he was a, uh, before uh, the Scorn came into existence, which is why I think Varix would want the ether back because he is still in charge of the prison of elders. So I think that's probably the best bet. This is pretty soon after the events of. Uh, Sorry, before Forsaken, before the prison break, but sometime after the, um, what do we even call that? Oryx coming and attacking everyone. Before the Taken War, or yes. after the Taken War. I think this is, yeah, I think this is, Forsaken. it's safe to say, yeah, it's kind of smack dab in the middle between those two points. Cool. So, I mean, it's, there's a whole two years that it could have been. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. That's kind of just more about Petra. You ready to move on to our next individual? So, uh... All right, you're the reader, Mrs. Ivan. Oh, I'm aware. Are you staring at your phone again? <laughs> like normal. Look, sometimes when I get a little anxious, solitaire just helps my brain filter things out because it's, you know, everything has a place and you just have to figure out where they go. It just helps. That's a lie. There's not always a place in solitaire. Because then you lose. Maybe not for you, because you suck at it. Burn. Okay, anyway. We're going to read a card on the Jensen scribes. I'm sorry, actually, this isn't plural. It just says scribe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Asher stands, looking at himself in a mirror. He is shirtless. With the hand that still feels, he reaches to the shoulder that doesn't feel. He taps his fingernails against the rigid metal there, then taps his way to his clavicle. Boundary against the rigid metal there. Nope. The boundary between metal and skin is neither uniform nor tidy. Metal gives way to a sheath of hard, keratinized skin that puckers and blooms and splits like he is a snake, fluffing its skin. Keratinized skin gives way to toughened calluses. Ugly with bruising and overstressed veins. He spreads his palm against his chest and holds it there, as if covering it up will make it go away. Then, with effort, 
He drops his hand and forces himself to look for a long time. What will happen, he wonders, when the machine of forming reaches his lungs? It is already painful to cough. You should go to the reef. Asher sucks in a breath through his teeth and snatches his shirt. He struggles to put it on and whirls around to find a Cora Ray leaning in his doorway. Unforgivable intrusion, he spits. Declare yourself plainly when you approach, and schedule your so-called visits in advance. I was not expecting you. The coroner exchanges a brief glance with Ophicius, then goes on. Tyra believes that Ives, or another one of the Reef Cryptarchs, might be able to help. A fool's errand. Cryptarchs are preoccupied by idle theory. The answer to my problem lies here, with the Vex. If that's so... Why didn't you come with me to see Osiris? Asher fights his way into his robes, fastening snaps and ties so quickly that he misaligns several. Because he is a useless, self-obsessed wretch. Ikora raises an eyebrow and waits. Asher sneers as he smooths both hands across his belly, trying to tidy his silhouette. I concede your point, but I do not have to acknowledge it. The techunes, then... My hidden say, after stiffens, his head snaps up. You're hidden? He barks as hot tears well in his eyes. You're hidden know nothing about this illness. The queen's witches, if they still live, know nothing about this illness. No one can stop it. I am beginning to believe there is no sense in even trying. So, first off, I love Asher. Like, this card it just symbolizes asher perfectly he's that grumpy ass old man who like doesn't take any from anybody um it gives a whole heck of a lot oh yeah <laughs> like i could just see him sitting on a porch somewhere get off my lawn um <laughs> for sure but uh, his big thing is that he's trying to find a way to stop himself from fully converting um, because of Brachion, the Genesis mind. And at this point, like, he hasn't fully given up, but he's starting to see that there's, like, he's starting to go down that path. Yep. Basically, he got his arm damaged and he's turning into a Vex. And it started from his arm and it's progressing throughout his body. Yep. Or something Vex-like. He's got a remote or a machine arm. And that actually, uh, the the conversion actually happened a little bit before Age of Triumph. Because with Age of Triumph, we actually got a card where Eris visited Asher in the infirmary. Mm -hmm. And he talks about it a little bit. Yep. About how his he went in with his fire team and he saw everyone go down and then he felt something in his arm. It sounds like somehow he got some, my guess is he got some kind of radiolarian fluid or something in some type of cut in his arm. And because Vex are paracausal themselves, uh, that his ghost was not able to fix it, you know, because uh, as far as we know, guardians don't get sick and suffer wounds. If they die, they come back. Uh, in the image, they were healthy. Um, but this is something that Ghost Res is, will not fix. So 
whatever's happened to him is seemingly permanent. And see, I, th- I thought it was partly that he was being converted and partly that his inf- ghost became infected. Yeah, I think his ghost actually is infected. Too, so, yeah. like, the combination there, he's not able to heal. Yeah. But I feel like if his ghost hadn't been infected, he could have. Yeah, it's possible. Whatever but, happened to him is kind of a new thing. That's as he says, nobody knows anything about this illness. Um, so at the time, there's no cure or anything. Yeah. Yep. And of course, Sycor tells him to get help. And of course, his response is, Hell no! Nobody's useful! <laughs> well, what about person one? Oh, they don't know anything. Person two? Ah, they know less. Person three. Ah, they're self-absorbed. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like when you tell Hyven to go do something or, you know, talk to someone or go to the doctor. All right. Yeah. I'm covering the next card. Exegesis. As I have made it my life's work to seek as much truth as history can offer, I chronicle these dreams in hope that my subjective understanding might provide some path to truth for others infinite sadness i stand at the bow of a ship crying as the stars streak the skies i am trying to chronicle trillions of star systems at once searching for a single planet a faceless companion asks why i look so sad and i show her a photo of a globular mass or a dual-ringed planet, depending on how you hold it. How much did you pay for that? She asks. Everything I have, I respond. Then the stars stop streaking, and the ship crumbles apart. We fall into nothing, and I awake. Fissuring warmth. I am running from an encroaching burn of blue light. I jump from rock to rock, as they are the only things with gravity. Every leap is a battle against the cold nothingness of space. I see a sea of people gathered together and realize that's where I am trying to go. I make one more giant leap, but the blue burn catches my ankles and I fall. The impact of my plummet shatters the rock in two. Hundreds of these beings fall into the chasm I created behind me. I try to heave each of them back to the surface, and I do until I can't anymore. My elbows won't bend. My arms are too weak to push. The descent gets warmer and warmer until all goes black and I awake. Songs of Analysis I am outside my body, watching it float from one shapeless void into another. The first void contains a voice humming a tune, yet no presence. As I pass through each, one by one, another voice joins in harmony. I try counting the voices, but I am not sure if I should be adding or subtracting as they fade into one. And in my confusion, I lose any memory of numbers at all. I feel a tether pulling me back into being and see myself waving goodbye. A voice burrows into my mind as the serenading songs become discordant. 
ugly. The voice becomes louder, and I awake. Washing skin. I have gathered my belongings in a gray porcelain sink. The soap clings to my fingers. As I wash what I possess, my things begin to dissolve. I scrub harder because I know that the washing is a way of to remove impurity, and I must be certain that I will not dissolve too. My mother tells me that silver is the element of false life, blue skin poison. I worry that my fingernails are soft. Mountain. I am on the mountain at Fellwinter's Peak, except there is an express monorail to my neighborhood grocery in the city, which is all out of what I need. A guardian brings me a special engram. I refuse to decrypt it. I tell the guardian it is better this way. Unactualized. Secret. Certainly containing the thing that will be needed when the moment comes. Tyra. I am someone else. I hope that someday I will meet Tyra Karn. All right. We have an interesting one. It appears that if Tyra is having some sort of vision, um, just the card itself, the title Exegesis is a critical explanation or interpretation of a text. Um, so it looks like she's having some type of inter ex explanation. She's explaining her interpretation of something that's going on, and it looks like as if she's well, like... these are all dreams. Kind of yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking that so these like, are just all her interpretations of dreams or descriptions yeah. of dreams. Which is really... We are some crazy dreams. I don't exactly know what's going on with... Uh, just right. a description of her dreams. There's no, no interpretation there. It's just a bunch of weird stuff. Well, it's her interpreting what she sees. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, definitely odd. And as we know, Bungie doesn't write things um, with no purpose. So. Yeah, we haven't seen uh, Tyra Khan for a long time, but she is. Well, I assume she. Well, she was the cryptarch of. Uh, Winter's Peak, and she's now the cryptarch of uh, the farm. But nobody goes to the farm, so I'm thinking that maybe she might have some importance later on. We have gone to her for a couple quests. She has, like, some relevancy still. And um, every time that we've had to go to the farm after, you know, the, the completion of the D2 campaign, we've had to be reminded of where the farm is. <laughs> right? But yeah, she's having these crazy visions. Um, I can't at this moment really tell you much about what they represent. None of them have any linking to anything that we know of going on in a game. Um, other than her refusing to decrypt an engram in Felwinter's Peak. Uh, but otherwise, and then of course, it ends with, well, she's like out of body seeing herself. But it's like not so yeah, she's got some crazy stuff going on, and I hope that maybe that is uh, explained at some point. I, I think it um interesting in the washing skin card where she talks about how um her stuff begins to dissolve and she scrubs harder because she knows that washing is a way to remove impurity, and I must be certain that I will not dissolve myself too. So I don't know when I read that, I then start to wonder: Does that mean she feels that she is impure? 
like is it washing away like her like is she that, something yeah like... she's just losing herself disappearing <clears throat> yeah so. because she's stuck on the farm and everyone's forgetting she exists <laughs> it's fourth wall breaking right that's my interpretation Bungie just put this card in there to let you know that the farm Go exists say hi. and Tyra Connor mm-hmm. wants us to come visit her right give her some purpose all right we can move on question yep yeah not much to really go over in that one i'm sure I we mean, could do a lot of speculating but uh then we i mean unless we want to do like a full analysis of like the word choice in every single line right nope we already did that for the uh <laughs> book of the unmaking practically <laughs> That was already exactly. Crazy so I think this is one we just kind of let sit and see what comes about Sounds later good. on. All right, King's Wrath. Oh, interesting. This is the name of our next card. Diana twists the emergency transponder until the circuit closes, and for the second time in her life, she feels the crackle of the beacon as it burns itself out, blasting its life into a single radio howl. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. It means that the queen's throne room is about to fall. Done, she tells her second. Let's not count on reinforcements. Not our reinforcements, at least. Pods are still coming in from the prison, crashing all over the vesting outpost. The throne isn't a tactical target. Do you think they'll bypass us? Not a chance. Dana says grimly, not the littlest chance. The queen's guard has, technically... Never been defeated in battle. Pry dismisses the House of Wolves' backstab as an act of treachery, not military might. But once more, the fallen are loose in the reef, and there is no treachery involved. Dinah will eat dirt and call it hummus. This reminds her too much of that awful day. So when the voice comes through the door, she calls, Hold! Hold! Paladin Dinah? The Prince of the Awoken calls. You know that's my throne you're guarding, don't you? May I come in? You're not alone, she shouts back. I have my retune with me. A few of Dana's people lower their weapons. Weapons up, she snaps. We can't trust him to royal overrides slither through the throne's room's networks. The doors open, and a dazzling barrage of flashbangs plays the royal welcome. Dana stares straight into it. Weapon aimed, eyes open, trusting her helmet to buffer her sight, and waiting for the first blue flash of fallen weapons. Prince Aldrin Sol saunters in like the bell of the ball. His cocked revolver aimed at the ceiling. At ease, he says, with a little swish of his cloak, and everyone, Diana included, responds. Just a moment's weakness. Just the subtlest flick of deference. Because he is the prince, and it feels so right to have royalty in this throne room again. Fingers off triggers. Weapons skewed a few degrees off target. The impulse is so strong because it jives with Dinah's discipline, which has already stepped in to crush the immediate instinct to blow Aldrin away. Something's wrong. Something's off. Baseline humans can react to visceral stimulus in less than 200 milliseconds. Awoken, less than 100. But there's a phenomenon Diana and every other royal guard knows well. 
a trick of the mind called attentional blink. You are waiting for something to appear, a hostile, a gunshot, a loud noise. When it does appear, your attention blinks. You cannot detect a second event if it comes just after the first. So it is with the blue flash of arc rifle fire behind Aldrin's cloak. It could go differently still. There is no one in this room who can easily sight in and fire on their prince. And he has no such reciprocal inhibition. Oh, we already know. Nick? Yeah. <laughs> I do like that it talks about him sauntering in. Like, yeah, that sounds like the right word. Um, Especially for Aldrin. Yeah. You can just picture that saunter for sure. But, um, definitely an interesting card. There's another part I liked of it. My headset's about to die, and apparently I don't have a cord with me. But yes, this is when Aldrin, already being corrupted by Riven, comes back in to take the throne room. So, he... I love that they have enough sense to see that he is not all there and to not yeah. let him in. But unfortunately, because he is royalty, he's able to basically, and he's the leader of the crows, basically they're counterintelligent, he's able to bypass and let himself in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And I love that, that like, because I've, I've heard this before, that like you can't process two things back to back at the same time in quick succession. So their brains just are used to his like little royal flick of the cloak and that immediate pause. The second he does that, basically, you know, they're firing from behind him. And as we know from the cutscene, basically, Aldrin kind of like mows down the whole throne room and burns the place. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not much else to tell. Well, we got one more card. Heck, this might be a short one and I might actually make it through. Could have sworn I bought a cord, but apparently it's it's old enough that it doesn't use what I'm used to. Oh, and Mrs. Hyvin gets the fun card. You know, this one makes no sense to me, but we'll give it a try. All right. Emissary. The clever one sees through our pawn. I am not your pawn. My will is my own, though perhaps not my actions of late. Pawns have many uses. More than you know. You will never see her coming. Marasov bows to no one. Clever or not, she will not halt the storm. They are coming. Yes. Nothing will change that now. Don't be so sure. Those I judge have agency like you will never know. Nothing. 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 No one. Then why are we afraid? We are nine. Huh. Are you? Are we? Truth. Truth count the voices. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> they will see it our way, given time. We are the same. No one sees anything your way. You seek to hear us, them, but you don't listen. Nine. Five. Yes. I wish to share your confidence. Oh? Have you learned nothing? Even we should not use that word. What tipped you off? The paracausal nightmare of the reef? Or the hunter with the bleeding eyes? Enough. 
Even you have tempers. The pawn will give us agency, and this her goal is our goal. We made her thusly. Yes and no. You will never understand us. Yes, they are coming. But when they arrive, she will do as she always does. Judge. And that we agree. I'm judging you too. Everything, Everything dies, dies. Even, even the ones, the ones riding, riding the, the oncoming, oncoming storm. storm. Dogma. There is an end to everything. Dogma. The greatest threat to a guardian is another guardian. Dogma. Three keys. Dogma. Safe, Safe harbor, harbor is very, very far, far away. away. Dogma. I'm sick of your dogma. I'll be just a little longer. Namki. I love this card. So, like, I could tell you were really confused about this. Yeah, um, I was like, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to read this card. I'm just going to go for it. Well, and, like, I'm probably going to do a bit of editing with your voice. That way it go sounds like... right ahead. It, it's different voices. Because there's, like... There's... Several different... Speaking styles in this card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a conversation between two entities, but... I know my audio is really bad right there at the end, but I apologize. It is. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's more than just two. Well, it's two entities, but I would say one of the entities is the nine. When, when you hear the nine talk, it sounds as if it's many voices. Uh, yeah. Like, it. we'll be covering that whole bit more when we actually cover the invitations of the nine? The nine kind of speak as one. They are an odd thing. But yeah, this is basically between Orin, who becomes the emissary of the nine, and the nine. And they're having this conversation about the queen and a bunch of other stuff. Well, and even then, there's two different factions of the nine. Um, So she's talking to one of those factions. And that's why they were saying, you know, count the voices. Because only five of the nine of whatever they are actually deal with the emissary. Like, it was their idea to have an emissary observe guardians and paracausal light abilities and that kind of stuff. So those five are the ones that are actually talking to Orin. Which is kind of a big deal, because that kind of says that there are nine individuals, and they're almost divided right down the middle. The newest card kind of talks about what the nine are, but this is just kind of interesting. But yeah, and uh, we know that this is Orin, the emissary. That is the emissary of the nine's name when she used to be a guardian, because uh, at the very, very end, she says she's going to be just a little longer Namchi, and that is basically her lover before he died. Some type of gruesome death. Which we, quite uh, we, we don't know if he's dead. He might just be missing. Probably dead. Very true. Long, but it sure he's been missing for more than 72 hours. Survivors on his ship. That's at least it. <laughs> well, like, I'm going off of science fiction rules here. If there is no body, you don't know that they're dead for sure. Not just science fiction. That's like straight up telenovela soap opera. Yeah, yeah. it's just the rule of every every dead body, a dead person. No body, no crime, according to 
The show's psych. <laughs> yeah. Like, what should this be on a? Is this on a T-shirt somewhere? But yeah. So. No, go right ahead. Edit. Edit that. However, it needs to be edited to sound proper because. I was like, how did I get stuck with that? Well, with the imitation of the Nine event, we actually get to hear um, basically these two talking to each other. So you get to hear what it's supposed to sound like. So, And I'm probably not going to edit it that way. I'm, I'm just going to make Mrs. Hyven's voice five distinct different ways. <laughs> that way we can differentiate between all caps with spaces, all caps, all lowercase. That was crazy. I was like, I don't know what I'm reading right now. This is no rule of grammar. <laughs> I'm like Welcome a grammar Nazi. I That was rough. <laughs> right? Like, my mother's a high school English instructor. <laughs> this, 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 like, with the way I was raised from her, this just annoyed me and fascinated me at the same time. <laughs> there's like that there's that um I can't really think of who it is, that poet that doesn't really go with any grammar rules or capitalization or anything. And uh I remember having to read his poems in high school. Uh it was so rough. I was like, why would you make me read these when you've literally spent like my entire school career teaching me why this is wrong? Right. Well, just for your own personal um all of the quotes in italics are Oren. Um, the all caps, all one word words are written by someone else, and then you have the other voices with just normal text. So you can t distinguish the dis difference between the main speaker, Oren, and the nine. We just can't exactly tell who which of the five which of the nine are talking. Yeah, but we see it's a couple of them, as Elmas said. Gotcha. Alrighty and, then. And at least we know they're all from that one faction of the Nine. Because they're talking to the Emissary. Yeah, so far all our dealings with the Nine have been with this faction. We are just starting to hear about the other faction. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk more about that later. I'm interested to hear more on that. But anyways. Um, Alright. Uh, let's go to shoutouts. Yeah, about it. Mm. Why don't we have Hyphen go first so that he can hop off and, and get to bed? Because he's probably got work early tomorrow. Still with People talking outside of the hallway. You should go. Hotel <laughs> <laughs> living. All right. All right. Mrs. Hyphen? Um, I don't really have a shout out. I just kind of want my husband home. That's all I've got. Come home soon. I miss you. All right. Uh, <laughs> so for me, it's Ishtar Collective, always. Um, thanks to them, I have next episode's show notes done, and like we'll be talking about it afterward, after the recording, because I we've still got a little bit of planning to do. Um, and that's about it for me this week. Yeah, nothing super special this week, but uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone listening. We appreciate you bearing with us this week and all of our our nonsense and uh, technical difficulties. 
Why it's semi quiet and my audio is just mostly crap. Shout out to quality sound equipment because this sucks. <laughs> mic right now. Yeah. Right. You build a nice fancy computer with your nice fancy keyboard, monitor, mouse, and headset, and you end up using your Surface audio <laughs> in a hotel room. Granted, this headset normally works fine, as you heard for most of the podcasts. Is what Mrs. Hyven uses, but. It's got some old cord that's not like a normal USB, mini USB. So, yeah. I brought every cord you can imagine, except for that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Isn't that usually the way it goes? Oh, of course. Yeah. But Hyven will be back with us next week. Um, he comes home Wednesday, thank goodness. I miss his adorable little face. Look at it. Elmas can vouch for it. It's adorable. They can't see me. <laughs> I said Elemis can vouch for it. It's adorable. So oh, yeah. accept it. Makes my panties drop. <laughs> oh my goodness. These two. Ah. Always. Always making me laugh. But um yeah, we're a mess, so we should go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back with better sound quality and probably not better. Whatever. Higher quality episodes promised when we get into the new lore books. Right. This is a mess. But anyways, thanks for sticking it out with us, guys. We appreciate you. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and with that... Catch you guys later. Take care. Bum, bum, bum. Goodbye. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh... Ivan's got pointy nipples. Yeah! <laughs> it's cold. This desk is right next to the AC. They're always right next to the AC. That's like how they're always set up. I know. That's what? <sighs> Hotel AC yeah. are freezing me. All right. You live there, Mrs. Ivan? I'm alive. Look at you, you're staring at your phone. Yeah, I'm saying solid hair. You can start. Why? Are we... <laughs> I was about to start, and then Ivan interrupted. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> it's all your fault. You should be focused somewhat. God. I am focused. Oh, well, she focused when I said you had pointy nipples. Yeah. Well, now she's completely right blurred around. out. <laughs> yes. She literally is so far leaned back that... The camera's recognizing her as background. Good. You don't need to see my face. No, Skype decides face. that you're not part of this conversation because you're not involved enough. They just said, get out. Good. Okay. Bye. Go back to my puppy. Actually, you're back registered. That was kind of funny. You're kind of funny. Why are you so grumpy tonight? First of all, it's the afternoon still. Oh, okay. Well, it's five o'clock. <laughs> Second of all, it's not the afternoon; it's the evening. I'm feeling some type of way. I thought I was hungry. I ate. I still feel weird. You weren't hungry. You don't love me. All you want to do is complain. What? Have you drank some water? I didn't even talk to you yet today. No, no, drinking better than water. Okay, that's why you feel some type of way because you're down in a whole Mountain Dew. Or Baja Blast not, Mountain yeah, Dew. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just a Mountain Dew. It's a Baja Blast. <laughs> anyway, 
school Minnesota for like an entire game last night. Game of what? What's gonna kill me? Who's gonna kill you? Graham. I went for like an entire game last night. What game? We were playing a game called Double Ditto, and it was talking about places oh, what? where it's called Double Ditto, <laughs> and it was talking Double about Ditto. Ditto. Can you say it like a real person? Ditto. Double and ditto. And then he was talking about accents. You just said double diddle. I was like, diddling? What the heck? Don't like. And I knew this one was Graham's answer. So I got that I got that question right. And then I just kind of stayed in it. And then I got sleepy tired and couldn't come out of it. It was it was a pretty fun night. But I don't think Graham's ever going <laughs> to come back to our house. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, gosh, it's Shemodian. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. I'm going to do the whole podcast like this. No, you oh, won't. Oh, gosh. I'll have to kick you. <laughs> From the recording. You don't have that kind of power. Sure I do. No, you don't. You're not Never that know. important. I could totally log you out of my Skype account. Well, then I'll just log into mine. Okay, but it would have dropped you from the call, and then... Yeah, and then you'll yeah. log me out, and then I'll be dropped from the call. Yeah. So then the and whole then podcast is ruined. So there you go. And, then, and then I'll be sitting here alone going, this should be the gang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why are you doing this, Skype? I don't need this second little box. Go away. I know. I Come hate the second the box. Here. I always have to exit up. The second box is All right. At least look at the camera so we can see that you're... This got table's your so uncomfortable. I, like, hit my knees every time I'm trying to do something. That's because you're supposed to sit straight. Like a normal person. Well, what if she sits sit crooked? Sit straight when I'm going to type and stuff. I'm not typing. You're going to be reading. <laughs> this thing picks up everything. Didn't pick that up. It's not as sensitive as you think. Picks okay, up the well, stuff. the playback is very sensitive. Yeah, because I like to be able to hear myself. Can you tell that I'm not looking at the camera, but in fact, I'm looking at me. <clears throat> okay, let's do this thing. I'm just so excited that my internet hasn't dropped. Hotel Wi-Fi sucks. All right. I'm excited <clears throat> I haven't broken anything on this computer yet. Oh, my God. I, I'd still love you, but I'd be so mad if you broke things. <laughs> I haven't even had the computer a week. I guess oh, I have, there's there's I all these pop-ups that are asking her to install toolbars. Right? It shouldn't be anything. It is completely clean. God. Hyven's dad just no. cleaned out my grandma's old computer. It had 301 viruses. Two of which she said were some pretty serious Trojan horses. Leave it to the elderly to click on all the ads they find. Right. Oh, God. I can imagine. Okay. <clears throat> Well, for the audience we haven't lost, let's get into the lore. Monkey and the promise of money. Mo- money. <laughs> You're so wise. Uh, good old monkey's money. He's on good for you, she says. And he's not good for me. No good for you. I need to zoom in a second. Give me a second. Curse of the first reader finally hits Hyven. I just need to zoom right. in. I'm not used to my setup. What am I doing? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Give me one second. Stop it. Not you. You're fine. I didn't tell you to stop. I'm talking to my computer. It's being fussy. Okay. 
Metal gives way to the sheath to a sheath of hard, keratinized skin that puckers and blooms and splits like he is a snake sloth slothing. All right, slothing. It's like slogging his its skin. <laughs> but slogging doesn't account for that H. That's just Google it. Google it. Google that B. Sluff. Sluffing. Apparently. Gross picture. Okay. <clears throat> Shouldn't have Googled it. <laughs> Can you just like sit up? You're like super. No, I'm struggling to breathe sounding. right now. Well, yeah, I can hear you sound like you're struggling breathing. That's because sitting up straight opens your... No, I'm struggling to breathe. Sitting up straight, too, I felt like I couldn't breathe. There. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Oh, I know. You've been drinking Mountain Dews and a bunch of crap while I've been gone. It's actually not true. I've been eating really well. I just got Taco Bell on my way home today. Yeah. Your mom's house doesn't have crap, and that's where I'm staying. <laughs> I know. It's healthier there, man. You just survive longer. Brought you, she got you shredded, shredded wheat and cereal from Trader Joe's. So, Thank you. You've got that to look forward to when you get home. <laughs> Appreciate the cereal. <laughs> Podcast on pause. Right. I I can't like breathe well right now. You're probably right. It probably is Mountain Dew. That makes sense. Yeah, you don't drink Mountain Dew anymore. There's a reason for that. Yeah. It makes you. <laughs> I have trouble. I forgot. Sorry. Can you turn off the blur? Your background feature? Whatever in the world, it's super distracting. It does like weird <laughs> things with your face. You're super distracting. Oh, okay. Happy? Yes. No. Oh my goodness. Okay. It's not that it like, if, when it works, it's fine. But because you're like lean back and you're rocking, it just like makes your face like have <laughs> you, your weird face distortion. Was going. Blurry, not blurry. Blurry, not blurry. Blur it's like so hard to focus. All right. Well, are you ready to keep going? Yeah. I mean, I can still like function from back here. You just can you really function with me you. back there? Yeah, you just sound That's really weird when you talk in the microphone. Do I sound better now? No. Maybe it's because I'm like a mask. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I need to go like this when I talk and look, look to the ceiling. Yeah, that sounds better. It has all Reach the answers. Reach for the stars. Dancing with the stars. <laughs> I think you added a couple of S's, but... Probably. <laughs> I like had to scroll back up to see you and I was like, what the heck did he just read? Exegesis. Yeah, exegesis. You were like, exegesis? Analgesis? <laughs> oh my god. Can we back on that? <laughs> Pills go in your mouth. Um, <laughs> Some, most of them. All right.